0: Fell right down that rabbit hole. So reality is questionable. Try, but you just can't let it go. These two right here pull it on the show. It's paranormal overload with Southern hospitality. Hard that murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality. Locations with a dark past, history that comes to life. Hillbillies with a knack for everything that goes bump at night. Hope Overthinking to be by yourself. These two will have you turning on the lights. Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right. Hey. Welcome to Hillbilly
1: Horror Story. Now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy
2: Paul, and their dog, Ninja. Hey guys, it's Jerry from Hillbilly Horror Stories. You know we always try to turn you guys on to the best paranormal podcasts out there. With that said. Do you like stories of the strange, the weird, and the unexplained? Then we want you to check out Jim Harold's Campfire. It's definitely one of the best paranormal podcasts out there, and it's on the top of my favorites list. What makes it so great? It's that the concept is pretty simple. Jim just talks to regular people like you and me. They talk about all the strange stuff that happens to them for 90 minutes every week. He doesn't exaggerate or play a lot of spooky music. The stories speak for themselves. These stories cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and some head-scratchers. For example, there's a story involving serial killer Ted Bundy. There's also a story about an alien abduction that may have been by a reptilian. And there's one young man who encountered an eight-legged demon. That's right, an eight-legged demon. Now, not all these stories are horrifying. Some are heartwarming, like a visit from a past loved one or a peaceful near-death experience, perhaps. I was lucky enough to share my heartwarming story about two bikers who delivered a message to me from my passed on mother. These stories are true and fascinating and told by ordinary people who've had extraordinary experiences. Tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Hillbilly Horror Stories. Trust me, it's going to be your new favorite. Hey guys, welcome to episode two ninety two of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Cherry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy? Yes. What a week. What a week. It's been yeah, a long week. It's been has a lot been of stuff going week. on. Yeah. Funerals and ugh. visitations and yeah. parties. We had some fun stuff going on. We
1: did. But yeah, I'm about done with the funerals. Yes. Yeah. It's too many in a week.
2: All right. Obviously, we want to start off by thanking all of our military civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Uh, special thoughts and prayers to uh, uh, the people of the Ukraine and everything that's going on over there. And uh, hopefully that just doesn't turn out to be a bigger situation than it already is. Because it's already uh, a horrible situation, but hopefully it doesn't turn into World War III, basically. So
1: Yeah, I hope not. We are praying for all the soldiers and, you know, I just can't imagine. I just can't. It's just, it's just really heartbreaking to see this happen, and, you know, our prayers are with all of you guys. Please stay as safe as you can, and we love you.
2: Right, Tracy, it seems like a broken record, and, it's, and it really is sad that it just continues to happen, but it's been another week of people contacting us because of struggles that they're having in their daily life, and... You, you feel sorry for everybody that's going through that. Cause you know, for everybody that contacts us or contacts the group, there's thousands more who don't contact anybody. Right. And I just want to make sure that I say this as much as I possibly can. Do not think that your friends, neighbors and loved ones always have this as far as can handle what's going on in their life reach out to your loved ones if you think that they may be struggling just ever so often send a message make a phone call and just check to see how you're doing see how their their mental state is without you know you don't have to obviously ask that but just check and see if they need somebody to talk to if you know that they've had issues in the past
1: yeah um i'm going to share a little quick story i bought a shirt and i know y'all probably saw Kristen's shirt and i got one and it says Dear person behind me, the world is a better place with you in it. Love the person in front of you. I just love that shirt. I wore it for the first time the other day. And I came out of a store. And there was this lady, young lady there. And she was talking about my hair at first. She's like, oh, your hair is so cool. And I was like, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And as I turned to walk to get in my car, she said, ma'am. And I said, yes. And she said, I don't know if God... Wanted me to see you today, she said, but I just read the back of your shirt and I needed that so much today. You don't even know. And I mean, I just teared up because just the littlest things like that saying on the back of my shirt, somebody noticed it and somebody actually said something to be, you know, how that she really needed to see that today. So it's, I mean, it's the simplest, littlest things that really can make a person's day, help them. You know what I'm saying, so it made my whole day because she was a sweetheart. But this, you know, the story is just reach out because you never know what little word you say. I don't care if it's "Hey, beautiful," hope you have a great day. I don't care what it is; it will turn their day around.
2: I was listening. I know just on that same situation. I was listening to the lead singer for "Of um, Shine Down," Brent Smith. I think's his name. But he wrote a song called 45. Mm. That's a good song. But he said that that song is based off a situation to where he went to a friend's house and knocked on his bedroom door. And his friend ended up, you know, coming out, talking to him and they left. And then years later, he found out that his friend was actually in there contemplating suicide and had a gun Oh, my gosh. Out. But whatever he said at that time mm-hmm. coaxed his friend to not do it. And he didn't know that that's what he was going to do. He didn't know what he was going to do. So he was found just... out later that whatever he said, just him coming there and saying whatever mm-hmm. was what he needed to hear at that exact second. Yeah,
1: yeah. He was put there at that right time to do that. And it's just, it's, it's just amazing.
2: But regardless, the whole point is just – you know, we, we, we met up with some friends of Tracy's last night and, and one of her friends and I had a mutual friend that that committed suicide three years ago. Mm-hmm. She was one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet in your life, but had a very troubled life and it just sucks to lose people that mm-hmm. we don't need to lose. You no, know, it's true. It's, it's, it's just been weighing on my mind um all night and, and all day. So I just want to make sure that people know don't wait for somebody to call you if you know somebody's struggling. Just keep in contact with them.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you even have, like, a inkling or anything that, that like, you know, something just don't seem right, you know, just just reach out. I mean, that that is probably going to mean the most to them anyway because, you know, they know at least you're reaching out and you care about them and stuff like that. It doesn't take but a second.
2: But uh, if you guys would rather talk to somebody other than us and you want to talk to somebody in a group or you just want that extra support – Please join our Facebook group, and if you'd rather contact somebody more anonymous, Tracy, what can they do?
1: They can call 1-800-273-8255. You can also text them at 741-741. We love you all. Please reach out to us.
2: All right, so Tracy, we got a fun episode tonight, and a little later tonight, we've got the guys on from uh, Ghost in the Night podcast. Nice. And uh, so we got a, a fun little talk with them, and they got some stories for us, so... But just hang on for that a little bit later. So, Tracy, we did an episode a few years ago on haunted objects. And then we did another episode on cursed objects. Last week, we did the story on a cursed object, the Egyptian bone, which I kind of giggle when I hear that name. I don't know (laughs) why I named it that. Anyways. (laughs) So we've actually had a few people write us and request that we do more stories like that. So this episode will be some shorter stories. It's three stories altogether on haunted objects. And I'm gonna be honest with you. The first two are a tad bit of a stretch, but the people who tell the story or or you know made the story known, they feel like the objects were haunted. So therefore Who am I to argue?
1: Exactly. But
2: you're going to see when I get into it why I say it's a tad bit of a stretch. Now, these first two, I doubt that anybody's heard before. But the third one might be one that some people have heard of. So I took it uh, upon myself to try to find some of these stories that were lesser known Mm -hmm. because I thought it'd be more fun if we didn't just rehash the same old cursed objects. Or haunted objects, I should say. I have learned that there is a kind of a fine line between haunted and cursed objects. Some could almost be both. Or hard to determine if it's cursed or haunted. And I think the big difference is, does the object bring on bad luck or death? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, it's more cursed. Yeah. Or if somebody actually put a curse on it, yeah. On it, and they, and they say, well, you know, I cursed the land. If You mm-hmm. you know, it's different. They actually put a curse on it, so it's, you know, proof there. So, the Egyptian bone, obviously, I put in a cursed cat- category because they took it, and then all this bad luck happened. Yeah. For the, basically their whole life. James Dean's car, obviously, because every part of that car that ended up somewhere else, that person wrecked or was killed or something, so... I could see all that had it. Now, tonight, we're going to discuss objects that I put in the haunted category, not cursed. Which is more strange things happen to that person or in the home. So, makes sense? Like yep. poltergeist activity or something. What if we start with a sad story well, how about I? a haunted photograph? Oh. This story goes back to October 2012, and it's in Winchester, Virginia. Todd and Teresa Apple they felt that their daughter was trying to communicate with them through her picture. Their daughter, Veronica, sadly had passed away at the age of three and a half years old. She had some surgical complications due to congenital heart defects. She passed away on August 16th, 1997 at John Hopkins hospital in Baltimore, Maryland. Now, Her death was unexpected. This was, not that any surgery is routine, but this was supposed to be a routine surgery. In fact, the doctors actually informed the family just the day before her death that she was improving, and they hoped to move her out of the ICU and into a private room by the weekend.
1: Wow. Sorry. (laughs) Ninja, calm down over there.
2: But the hospital missed a fatal infection, that started in the catheter line, and she died of Pseudomonas septis.
1: Oh, poor baby.
2: Tan Teresa said that they don't even know how they made it the trip home. It was one of those deals where you just... Yeah. ...zone. They said it was about a 75-mile drive, and they don't remember any second of it because they were in shock, basically. They made a few calls when they got home to some friends and family, and... Um, Then they sat down on the entryway steps of their foyer. They knew that there would be family coming in, but most of them would be coming cross-country from California, so they would have several hours before anybody would arrive. Now at this time, the before-mentioned picture of Veronica was hanging on the landing to the upstairs level of their home. The family said that there were three strange things that happened in a very short period of time. The first thing that happened. May have been. The. Weirdest mm-hmm. of all of them. It had to do with the actual picture. Teresa and Todd. Swear. That they both looked over at the picture. And they could see Veronica's lips moving. In the picture. Neither could make out what she was saying. But. But. They knew that she was trying to communicate with them. No. Now, before you say... Well, I mean, I'm sure you could glance over, maybe see something, maybe it was a trick of the light. They were aware that they were in shock and exhausted themselves. But they were convinced they saw this. One of the things was, these are not... They were not overly, overly emotional people. They're really level-headed. But the key to this... It continued for about 30 minutes. So it wouldn't a glance over and we thought we... This was like they literally watched this for 30 minutes of the lips moving on this picture. And they were the only two people in the room.
1: Did they go pick the picture up?
2: No. They said the odd thing was, another odd thing, was that the phone never rang during this entire 30 minutes that they were watching this. And that was odd because before this and after that, the phone pretty much rang off the hook with people who were finding out and calling for their condolences Mm -hmm. and family members that they had called and and returned calls. So they just thought it was odd that just for that 30 minutes, it was like they had a moment of peace from the phone Mm -hmm. to be able to concentrate. The phenomena stopped when the two decided to walk down to the store that was about a half a, a half a mile away, and get some laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. The second thing that happened was after they got back from the store, so they were outside sitting on the on the front porch, and a blue jay showed up right in front of them. The bird's color was almost identical to the denim dress that Veronica was wearing in the picture. Aww. This is why I say some of this might be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, because. The bird wouldn't really, shouldn't have anything to do with the picture.
1: All right. Okay,
2: but anyways. What made this odd is the couple had seen plenty of cardinals in the area, but they'd never seen a blue jay before today.
1: Oh.
2: It hopped right in front of them and came extremely close before it flew off. And because the color was the same as the color in the picture of the dress, they felt like that was there. Now, the third event that happened... It happened the day that they buried Veronica. Veronica loved water. And she was always asking for water. She just couldn't get enough drinking, it was. Mm-hmm. Not like in a pool, but she's always wanting to drink water. Now, unfortunately, due to her medications that she was taking, she wasn't always able to have water whenever she wanted it. At the time of her burial, there had been a, a long dry spell. And they were on the verge of a drought in Virginia at that time. But on the day of the burial, as Teresa and Todd stood alone at the gravesite, it started raining, even though there was no rain in the forecast. Then that was the third and final thing. So, like I said, those two things didn't really have anything to do with the picture.
1: Yeah, but still, but I can see thing what did, they even So
2: it almost you almost couldn't count that as a haunted object. No, but I, I like the story. I so do too.
1: I, I think that's it. very sweet.
2: there have been no other activity with the picture. Since the uh, funeral. Yeah, but the family still thinks that she used that picture to say her goodbyes.
1: Oh, my gosh. Hmm. That makes me want to cry. That's yeah. so sweet.
2: Aww. All right. Again, this next one is a tad bit of a stretch. But I think you'll see where we're going at it. Probably I wouldn't even really count this as a haunted object. But you'll see where it ties in. It's a haunted trunk. Okay. This story takes place in Ontario, Canada. Brian McCavanaugh, he lived in an old Victorian-style house that was split right down the middle. So they had two families in there. He lived on one side, another family lived on the other side. Actually, it was he and his wife. They lived in the one. And the woman named Helen lived on the other side. She was actually an older woman. She was a widow. Mm-hmm. Helen made the best dumplings. And... A girl. His wife and her sister would often go over there and partake in these dumplings and have these long talks with Helen. So this old Victorian house, it also had a big garage that was big enough for both tenants to share. hmm The garage had a giant wooden door that you had to kind of walk up and lift up yourself. It didn't have the...
1: Oh, like the garage opener. Automatic door opener.
2: It was more like a just flip it up. Yeah. So they would do that. And Brian had a Cadillac at the time. And in those days, he would pull in and Helen's car would be on the other side. But in between the two cars was an old style seat trunk. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This was Helen's trunk. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the type that had like the big latch that went down on the front. And the trunk, like I said, belonged to Helen. And Helen had told him that it was a keepsake from when she moved to Canada from her homeland of Portugal. So she just basically kept from, I guess that's what she put her stuff in when she moved, you know, years and years and years ago. Yeah. And so she just held on to it. So at this point of the story, it was wintertime. Very cold winter up in, up in uh, Canada. Brian's wife and her sister... Mentioned to him that they hadn't seen Helen for a while, nor had they seen her little dog. Now, it had been at least a week. So they noticed that her bedroom window was also just slightly open, cracked. So he's like, well, I mean, maybe she took a trip to Florida, which she would do on occasion. You know, it was cold. And he said she would probably just left the window open to let a little fresh air in there and circulate while she was gone. He assumed that she would be back. Well, that didn't suit his wife. And she got really agitated. He said she got in his face and said, Helen is in trouble and she needs our help. Whoa. And he was like, okay, how how do you know this? And she's like, I don't know. I just do. But she said something's. Overcoming me and telling me.
1: Well, especially, I mean, I don't know if they saw each other on a regular basis. You would think they would, but I, could, I would think so. I could see that how she would be worried.
2: So the next week, Brian went to work as usual. He came in and, and he had a routine when he would pull into the garage, he would get out of his car, he would go sit on that trunk, and he would smoke while he took off his snow boots. And then he would go into the house. Well, this one day he's sitting there and he's just kind of decompressing a little bit, you know, thinking about what's went on today and all that. And he's playing with the latch. It's a broken latch on there. So it wasn't locked or anything. Mm -hmm. He's flipping the latch back and forth, playing as he's just thinking about what he's got going on. He said he'd been tempted many times to look into the trunk, but it wasn't his and it would be disrespectful. So he didn't. But he said on this day, which was the last day of the work week, he just had an overwhelming sensation to look. He didn't. So the next day, I said it was the last day of work week, but it not The next day was the last day of the work mm-hmm. week. He's pulling in up this narrow uh, alley that leads to the garage, and he noticed there's a bunch of cops there, and they kind of stopping, and won't let him proceed with his car. So he parks his car. And he walks up to the house. Because he was almost to the house. Like yeah. A little. As he's walking to the, up to the garage, he notices that it was blocked off by police as well. The police were pulling garbage bags out of that trunk. So, he looks over and he sees the police questioning his wife. His wife had actually called the police because she was concerned about Helen. Yeah. And she had a nagging voice telling her that something was wrong. She didn't know what else to do, so she called the police. Brian said that he knew that something was up, but it didn't really click to him that a voice in his head was always telling him to open that trunk. It turns out Helen had been killed by a man that she had been dating over a financial dispute and he had killed her dog Mm. and left it in the basement. Then he chopped up Helen's body Shut up! in the top bathroom tub, put her remains in garbage bags and in the trunk in the garage where she was frozen because it was so cold and the garage wasn't heated. He then stole a bunch of money from her and her jewels, but... He was caught before he could make it out of the country because Brian's wife contacted the police. Good. So, they were able to figure out, I guess because they knew who her boyfriend was or whatever the deal was, probably easily Aww, traced.
1: no more dumplings. I'm
2: glad that's what you got out of that. The police were curious how Brian's wife was so certain that Helen was in trouble. And they typically don't take ESP or just had a feeling yeah, mm-hmm. as acceptable answers. But in the end, they thanked her because her calling and the tips are what able what they were able to use to catch Helen's killer.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's a horrible story.
2: So, Helen's cries for help were actually coming from the trunk.
1: Ooh, and he was sitting on that trunk like that. He was like sitting that. on that
2: trunk playing and all that. So, again, you can see why I don't necessarily count that as a haunted trunk. Yeah. That, but Helen's body was in there, so that was probably more... Helen coming from the trunk than it was a haunted trunk. But the family felt like it was the trunk that was haunted. Oh, my gosh. But if if nothing happened before that and nothing happened after that, it really wasn't the trunk. It was Helen.
1: How sad is that for Helen?
2: Yeah, that's very sad.
1: Oh, my gosh. How I just don't understand how people can chop up bodies like that.
2: What the flip, man? I don't know. I guess at some point, if you're the type of person that could actually kill somebody... Then the next step probably is like, well, I've already went this far.
1: But what an idiot. Yeah. I mean, they eventually would have known it was him. I would Yeah, think. why would you
2: leave it on? Well, I guess he figured he'd be out of the country before they caught him.
1: Oh,
2: my gosh. I mean, who's going to, I guess he's going to figure who's going to open that case. I mean, that trunk. Yeah. It's not going to be Helen. Mm. She's the only one that would have.
1: And a doggy. I'm sorry. That's so sad. It is sad. Man.
2: All right, this one's quick. This one and this next one. There's actually four stories now. I said there are three, I think, but there's four. Mm -hmm. Some people swear by dumpster diving. Don't they, though? Yep. And you may think twice, though, after this story. In February 2013, an antique walnut-framed mirror was sold on eBay. But before it was put up for auction, the previous owner was allegedly attacked by paranormal forces. Originally, a group of men, I think there was three of them, they got the mirror from the landlord's trash just months before. They put it up in their house, and then the men started having very bad luck. Financial losses, illnesses, feelings of dread and doom, all since they brought the mirror into their house. In an interview with a British newspaper, the Daily Mail, Joseph Birch described waking up with stabbing pains throughout his entire body. He said that when he would go past the mirror, he would see flickering shadows in it. He would stand completely still and they would continue, but he would also get quick glimpses of darkness. He ended up selling the mirror for $155. And they didn't have any problems after the mirror was gone and they don't know if the current owner had any problems or not.
1: Um, well, since you said that, then quit bringing crap in from the house that you find on the street. <laughs> Take that tree right back down to the neighbor. That nether.
2: ficus is a $200 tree. Well, that
1: don't matter. If it's haunted, we don't want it.
2: Well, I don't think, I've never heard of the haunted plant. Never know. Except that one on, uh, what little shop of horrors?
1: So
2: really... <laughs> All right, Tracy. So, moving on. Dang. I don't think we could have this episode without talking about at least one haunted doll. Well, no, you know. And if it's a good story if you can hear it over top of Ninja. Oh, that's true. He's extremely loud tonight. I don't know. All right. Some of the most well-known haunted dolls are in museums. Yeah. Two of the biggest being Annabelle and Robert the doll. That doesn't mean, though... That this doll hasn't at least caused its share of havoc. So Tracy, have you ever heard of Mandy the Broken Face Doll?
1: No, I have not. Big shock. Oh. Man-
2: Mandy's real name is Miranda, but it's better known as Mandy.
1: Have you heard of it before now?
2: Yes. Oh. Yeah.
1: Because you used to play with dolls when you were a kid?
2: Absolutely not. hmm Because I do my homework and mm-hmm. actually read on paranormal stuff. And don't watch TV all the time. Sure. (laughs) This doll is at the, and I didn't look up the pronunciation, so I hope I don't screw this up. It looks like the Casinal and District Museum and Archive in British Columbia. She was given to the museum by her owner in 1991 and given to the curator at the time, Ruth Stubbs. The doll was donated by the owner because she felt like that the museum could actually better care for the 1920s era porcelain doll. The doll had belonged to her grandmother, but the owner didn't want her own daughter to have the doll and play with it because it was starting to fall apart. Mm -hmm. Oh, and one other small reason. It seemed that since she had gotten the doll, strange things started happening at her home. Like what? Windows would open by themselves. And these were windows that were literally closed just minutes before. Mm -hmm. And then they would suddenly be open. That wasn't the weirdest thing, though. She started hearing a baby cry in her basement area. Whenever she would go to check it out, see what was crying or what was making the noise, she would only find yet another open window. So Stubbs recalls that she was a little bit uneasy about accepting the doll in the first place. When you think about it, museums in general can be spooky places. They have tons of a history that are attached to everything that's in there. Most curators, they don't like to talk about any of the artifacts in the museum as being haunted or possessed. But hey, sometimes strange things happen at night after the doors are closed to the public.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Can you imagine what goes on in there at night?
2: Yeah, because I saw that uh, museum movie with Robert Robin Williams. Oh, <laughs> Was that a night at the museum? Yeah. Now, this case would be no different than like Robert the Doll and some of the others where stuff goes on afterwards. So let's talk about the doll itself. Her soft part of her body, because you know how porcelain dolls are. They mm-hmm. got the... Porcelain hands and head and feet and everything else is soft. The soft part of her body and the dress, they said, was filthy. The museum staff was kind of used to getting items that needed cleaning or repair, so that part was no big deal. The real problem here was Mandy's face. Large cracks scarred her facial features. They ran from the temple to across her eye and her cheek. It looked more like an abused doll rather than a cherished heirloom. Surely the doll was once beautiful, but now it was definitely showing her age with flaking paint, cracks, and bulging eyes. This kind of gave Mandy an ominous look. A photographer that worked at the museum took several pictures one day. Of course, these pictures were from all kinds of different angles and positions. The photographer and her boyfriend both said that they felt completely uncomfortable whenever that doll was in the room, but they couldn't quite put their finger on why. I
1: wonder if she did duck lips when they took her picture.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The next day, they walked into their photo lab to find pens and pencils scattered all over the floor as if a small child had had a temper tantrum. The photographer then reported that there was a very loud sigh right behind her in the photo lab. Sigh? Yeah. Oh. She also jumped on one occasion when something fell off of a shelf that was untouched. Apparently, like Robert, Mandy doesn't like getting her picture taken either. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, she's got a cracked
1: face. I right. mean, come on.
2: Other staff had problems as well. There's probably a filter to fix that now. <laughs> Other staff had problems as well. Office supplies would go missing. Footsteps would echo in a building when nobody else was around. And all of these things happened after Mandy arrived. Now, originally, Mandy didn't have a permanent display area. So they made a makeshift case and they put her right at the entrance. Because that's what you want. <laughs> Every visitor was greeted by that off-putting face. Aww. Mandy. And not surprisingly, many of the patrons reported feeling like her eyes followed them all around the museum. Some claimed that the doll's head and the fingers would even move. Some noticed that the doll even blinked. Mandy was later moved to a different part of the museum. She had her own little spot back there, but it was not around other dolls because the staff was actually afraid that she would hurt the other dolls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mandy has been blamed for a rash of missing artifacts in the museum and a few lunches that tended to turn up elsewhere in the museum. Is it your chicken sandwich? <laughs> Ruth Stubbs decided that she was going to contact the donor after all these things happened, and she learned that after donating Mandy... The woman never heard the baby crying, and she never had another open window in the house. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. So, what do you think the odds are that this woman had all these problems in her house? She donates it, the problems go away, and then there's all these problems in the museum, and they didn't know that all, they didn't know any of the backstory at the time.
1: No, sounds legit to me. I
2: don't know. Uh... I guess they did kind of know the backstory. Well, I was going to say, surely they had to know something. Yeah, because they told her, she did mention that the windows in the baby. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, maybe it was just their imagination.
2: Could be, but I doubt it. (coughs) Imagination doesn't knock stuff off of shelves. That's true. it doesn't scatter pens and stuff all over the place. And how are you just going to burp and act like you didn't? I'm sorry.
1: I thought you and this go over,
2: not (laughs) not mention it.
1: (laughs) But of course, (laughs) she threw me under the bus. All
2: right. We're going to take a quick sponsor break and we'll be back with the guys from Ghost in the Night Podcast. These guys are fun. You're going to like this. And other stuff. No, I don't like that. All right, guys. Quick housekeeping. It's almost March. So we only have like a month and a half before our Louisville show and tickets have picked up immensely in the past week and good. a
1: half it's because I finally took my Christmas tree down
2: that's probably what it is <laughs> so anyways it's going to be us guys from Ohio and Justin from Mysterious Circumstances all in Louisville in April it's going to be a blast and you guys need to come so go to com. get your tickets there you don't want to miss this one trust me it's always fun and I might have a special guest we'll oh, see
1: very nice
2: a good special guest so, what are you saying? I'm, I'm not saying anything. But what I'm are no, you saying? I'm saying...
1: That all of us are not good enough?
2: I'm not saying that. But I might have a surprise guest. Yeah. So, anyways. And then also, we're getting ready to have, if you're a Patreon supporter, we're having our Listener Stories episode and we're going to have Brendan Shea on there. Nice. Telling some stories. And Brendan and his uh, lovely partner, Annie Weebs,
1: Love her. Will be
2: joining us. They are the host of Serial Spirit. So, join us. In West Virginia at the old hospital on College Hill for our anniversary show in August. Tickets are available for that. There's only 60 tickets available for that one. Mm -hmm. And some of them are already sold, so there's not that many left. That one's going to come with a tour. Nice. And speaking of which, Bobby Mackey's is in October. That one also comes with a tour. And this will probably be the last year we do Bobby Mackey's. Oh. Because if we move to Florida, then we're not going to be around here to do it. Oh. Oh. So, probably going to be the last one we do at Bobby Mackey's. And then uh, we got our Indianapolis show. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I want to mention the cruise because people are still buying tickets for the cruise. I got a message the other day about people still buying tickets for the cruise. Very good. It's not too late. Jump on board. Literally. It's going to be fun. And all the information for the cruise is on our website as well. Hopefully, has a whole tab of nothing but cruise information.
1: How fun is it going to have to, I mean, well, let me try that again. How fun is it going to be to have all our best friends There are so many together? people,
2: so many listeners that we've never had an opportunity to meet or coming on this cruise.
1: I'm so excited, you guys. We're going to have, we're going to party. We're going to drink, go to the casino. I'm not doing any of that. Well, then that's why I'm the fun person. So y'all come <laughs> hang with me. Yay, yay.
2: <laughs> Anyways. It's been a good week for reviews and for our oh, yes, uh, Patreon. Yes. What do you got going on, Trace?
1: All right, for our reviews this week we have Gypsy Moon, Randy Gilson, Amy Jeeps, Ashley Netson. Is that how, I don't know? Is that I how you say it? I'm always so. afraid I'm going to say that wrong. Mojo Lobster, Toe Girl, and Donna. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your reviews. We appreciate y'all so and much. And I got we
2: we didn't said this probably since last week, but. Those reviews help us so much. They
1: do. They, they really do. do.
2: So we definitely appreciate especially like Mojo Lobster that leaves a review. Every week. Every week.
1: God love you. And
2: Kevin Cummins, he leaves one about every yeah. month. He updates it. It just, it, it puts us up <clears throat> behind the scenes stuff here. It puts us up higher in the rankings, which means more people see us, like iTunes and some of the other places, Stitcher and all that. They put... Up under the suggested podcast more when we get more reviews which means more people see it and in the end that's how we make money is how many people listen to the show so just leaving a review can actually help us on our journey
1: yes but your reviews mean the world to us and it really really makes us happy and glad that you guys like us and enjoy us and we love y'all for that Um, our Patreons this week is JD Thumper, Emily Lee and Christian Laboda. Thank you guys for your support. It's amazing. We can't thank you enough for that.
2: Yeah. We don't mention Patreon very often because we don't want to feel like that we're taking advantage of people or, no, you know, it's not, not taking at- advantage, but we don't feel like that we're just trying to, you know, use you guys as cash cows. No. That's not, that's not the intention. But if you don't like the commercials and stuff for a dollar a month, you can literally get all the shows ad free plus some bonus stuff. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't like the commercials, you can get them for a, as little as a dollar a month. Yeah. There's and a lot then, of crap out there. so Yeah. And you get a bunch of bonus stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, for $15 a month, which is the highest here, you get 24 short bonus episodes, and you get two full-length bonus episodes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, that's pretty good. And all the ad-free mm-hmm. shows. Anyways, we go check we, it out.
1: Yeah. We really appreciate you guys so much, and um, it, we just, to this day, can't believe that you guys are still hanging with us like that and man it's just we are so blessed and can't thank you enough
2: no no 100 agree thank you so much all right tracy let's listen to the guys from ghost in the night let's do it hey guys i'm excited to bring you our next guest i've got phil and travis from ghost in the night They are a a, a podcast that deals with a little bit of true crime, a little bit of paranormal, and a whole bunch of uh, dick and fart jokes. So it just really depends on what you like, but it covers all the gamut. Uh, These guys are super fun to listen to. They do their podcast live on YouTube, so you can catch them live, or you can uh, catch them on your favorite podcast app. So, uh, Phil, Travis, thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank you.
2: So, Phil, let me – you've been – doing this for a little bit longer than Travis. You added Travis here recently. Tell me a little bit about the actual podcast ghost in the night. If I was to tune in and I'd never heard the show, how would you describe it? What am I going to get?
3: Ghost of the night. Originally it came out just paranormal UFO cryptid. Anything supernatural is what I wanted to cover. And I want to go out and experience those things. And it comes from a personal standpoint. You know, I had experiences when I was younger and up until 2018, really, in those homes. And it provoked me to actually start the podcast. Now, things got a little bit, I don't want to say boring, but things I wanted to expand a little bit and have a little bit more fun. So I brought Travis in back in almost about a year
0: ago. I think it was March of
3: last year, Yeah, March of uh, 2021 to kind of spice it up and uh, talk a little bit open the door a little bit more to the true crime and more of the, uh, we don't do a lot of conspiracy, but I wanted to incorporate true crime into the paranormal because anybody that's covered true crime also knows there's a lot of occult uh, stuff going on in the true crime world. And, you know, we kind of focus on that a little bit more, but we've covered everybody so far or plan to cover a lot more, but it's basically a podcast with a little bit of true crime, but with a paranormal baseline is how i like to put it travis
2: when you got the offer
3: to
0: come in and do the podcast what did you think is this something you'd ever done before was this new to you uh i've i've never done the closest thing i'd ever done to this is you know when i was a kid like 16 17 years old the only recording i've ever done is like i cut a couple demos with bands back in the day i've never done anything with microphones none of that all I knew how to do as far as recording stuff was go into a room and beat on drums. But, <laughs> you know, I've, I, I, I love podcasts. Like, I, I I love music, and I listen to less music than I do podcasts at this point. Just because yeah, I, I say all the time, is, yeah, as corny and, and almost douchey as it might be, it's almost like music has always been there. Music it's kind of like in my soul, if you will. So it's like, I I've always got music in my head. So now I listen to podcasts just because if I'm at work or something like that, it just passes
3: time. Well, it's kind of a funny story how, <laughs> excuse me, you came on the show because we were getting drunk. We were getting drunk, and <laughs> we started talking about the paranormal. We started talking about the paranormal, and uh, he said something. We started
0: talking about podcasts well, actually. because we, we've we've actually known each other for about several five,
3: years. Yeah, five five years at least. But we were talking about paranormal, and then we said something about a podcast. Podcasting. Yeah, we started talking about. Uh,
0: we were talking about Bobby Lee, right? And his podcast. And
3: then he started talking about, you know, some paranormal type stuff, podcasting. And I said, I said, Travis, you do know I have a podcast, don't you? And uh, he, he I looked
0: at him and I said, shut the fuck up.
3: He uh, he kind of <laughs> wigged out a little bit. And so I was just going to have him on the show as an interview, you know, just to talk about the paranormal. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, you know. Why not just make it an everyday thing? So I said, Travis, would you like, even before the very first, that first time, mm-hmm. I just kind of said, do you want to make this an everyday thing or every week thing and just be my co-host? And we were off to the races. So alcohol and stupidity got this podcast. Yeah.
0: Alcohol, cigarettes, and just blatant jackassery.
3: But and see that's that, that's, yeah.
0: that shows a prime example
2: though, of how hard it is to get an audience on a podcast you guys were friends and he didn't even know you had a podcast, you know? So that just goes to show how hard it is to even, you can try and try to put Facebook posts out and Twitter and Instagram and all that. And there's still a ton of people that have mm-hmm. no clue. That that's what you do.
0: Well, and that, the thing was, that was like, like I've known him for years, but we were never like close buds. You know what I mean? We were acquaintances. We, we met through, I, we had a mutual friend that Phil, Phil ended up dating for a while. And that's how we knew each other. So we knew each other in passing and we'd have conversations while we were, he's, they frequent the bar I work at. So we would have conversations there and then, you know, shit happens and starts hitting different fans in different places. And, next thing you know i'm taking a shot of cheap whiskey high five and feel like fuck yeah man let's go do podcasts together let's go be famous even though famous in my mind if i get a thousand views on an instagram post i'm like dude we're fucking famous
3: but you know and i'm the and reason he didn't know about it because i suck at self-marketing and marketing probably in general and he is a thousand times better at that And like if you look at our social media he pretty much handles most of the social media it's a thousand times better now than what that's why he never heard of him because i was kind of i don't nobody really knew in my immediate circle that i did it i was bigger outside you know all of my listens and follows and stuff came from either out of the country or outside of we're in ohio so you know outside of ha i didn't brag about it to other people probably because a little bit i was insecure and being new to it only two years in i thought i sucked but he's a much better self-promoter than i am oh so. yeah
0: like he, he's because we're, we're the perfect yin and yang like We have this. We have the same thoughts on a lot of stuff, but he's kind of a little more introverted and reserved. Whereas, you know, I'll, I'll, I mean, shit, I got, I got the bottle with me. I, I got my whiskey at all times. You can put two shots in me, and I'm gonna. Okay, do you know Phil's got a podcast? I'm gonna be on Phil's podcast. Do you guys know he's got a podcast? Guess who's gonna be on his podcast? Listen to the podcast. I mean, I'll. I'll sit at the bar. I've literally stolen my friend's phones and subscribed to the podcast and left a review on it just to be like, yep, there we go. Got that.
2: That's the way you do it. You got to You got to kind of force the hand sometimes. You guys still there? Yeah, Yeah, we're here. Yeah, sorry. Okay. I thought I might've lost you. Okay, Um, so let's do this. Phil, we'll start with you. Okay. You and Travis also kind of do a little investigating on your own, so this has turned into a little more than just podcast buddies. What kind of places have you checked out? Have they been uh, more of the bigger name places, or have they just been like uh, uh, people's houses and stuff that want you to come check it out?
3: Well, I started before Travis came along. I started out with a group. I found a group because – I was doing the podcast and I started going out with them. We, at that point we were going, I've been to Rawls Opera House in Cynthia, Kentucky. Uh, That's uh, not 30 really minutes from shooting. my house. Yeah. Well, I, we're I,
0: actually going there again. Cause I was going to bring up right. when we go back, if
3: you guys want to go matter of fact, by all means, uh, I've been there three, four, five times. We actually recorded an episode from Rawls, but I've been out to, I've been to the biggest one I probably most popular one I've been to was Thornhaven Manor in Indiana. It was on an, mm-hmm. an episode of Ghost Adventures which, you know, eh, it it wasn't all that, but I've been out to uh what was it? Fair to Iowa. Yeah, Iowa, was it Fair Elementary School? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think uh um I've been Post Town Elementary up here in Middletown, Ohio. You know, yep, I've I been haven't there. I've really been to I have not been to – I kind of steer away from a lot of the bigger places now just because there's – not because I don't want to go. It's just – it's kind of commercialized now. And, you know, it can get kind of expensive, you know, if you don't go with a group of oh, yeah. 20 people. And I personally don't like to investigate with a group of 20 people. You know, for me, if I'm out investigating, I'd much rather have under five. So those places you can get a little, little pricey. So I – not that i wouldn't but i just you know now if the po- podcast starts making a lot of money and i can afford to do that i'd go anywhere but oh hell
0: yeah we're not even paying for investigations If we started making good money i'm buying the winchester house
3: yeah um but <laughs> so and i have done a few private you know residential private investigations with that other team which i'm not those are a lot more complex to do for the mere fact you're dealing with people and sure. you have to not not only investigate the home, but also investigate the person basically and get a read on them, whether or not, you know, you're getting the whole story or are they blowing things up. So that's a little bit more, it's harder to do, but like, I, I love Rawls opera house. I'd go there every, every month if I, if I could.
0: It's a very unique spot. Cause like I had never been there until I went there with him and like, he could tell you like, we, I mean, we can talk about my stuff later, but Man, like there, there's just something about that place. Like, I'm not even saying like nothing sensational happened while we were while I was down there with him, but like, as soon as I like, once I got away from everybody in that building, instantly for me, like little things here and there, and just a, an overall feeling in that place. But I, I, I don't know, I, I, I want to go back because there's too, there too many people for me.
3: But that's the beauty of Rawls Opera House you could go one time and get a an abundance of activity or even evidence or you can go back and really not get anything or just get a, a feeling a twinge or a, a slight possible knock it runs the gambit and because i've been there and got had lights turn on and off i've gotten you know and you've knowing the place you know the shadow man that walks between the bathrooms there in the auditorium mm-hmm. i've gotten a picture of that and I, and I showed i my first time there i caught it i caught a picture which There appears to be a shadow dark mass humanoid type between those bathrooms where it's reported to walk back and forth. And I've been there and not got anything, just like a normal day at the park.
2: That place is out of every place that's around us because we're we're within a good three hours of a lot of good places, but that place gets brought up More as the most active place that whoever has been to, it gets brought up more than Bobby Mackey's, it gets brought up more than Waverly. And considering that, you know, where we're at, it's amazing how many times that place just gets brought up. I mean, everybody just seems to have good experiences every time they go there. So it's what it's just funny that it stands out. And people outside of this area within three or four or five hours probably have never even heard of the place. I hadn't heard of the place. But it's amazing how many people are like, no, that's the place to go. Right.
0: Yeah. I had never heard about it until he brought it up. And then he started telling me about what happened with him. And I was like, well, fuck yeah, man, let's schedule that tour. Or, or not tour, but let's schedule that, that lock in, if you will. and Let's get some stuff done. But now you're in, we are you're speaking my language here. I like getting drunk and talking shit with him and going to spooky places and doing dumb stuff that I probably shouldn't do that a lot of, hardcore believers in like the religious side of hauntings and p- the paranormal would say is putting myself at risk, but I've never been possessed by the devil and I do all that dumb shit. It's never worked out badly for me. <laughs> well, as long as, as long as it didn't happen to
2: you, we're should be good.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so Travis, well, time, I have, I, but it,
3: go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you do get possessed, make sure you do it on the live stream.
0: Honestly, with, yeah. My, yeah. with my behavior from time to time, I don't even know if you'd be able to tell. So Travis, out of all the stories that you guys have
2: covered on the, the show so far, what's been your favorite one that you've covered or your favorite one
0: that you researched? Um, man, I haven't even been doing this that long. And that's a, a, quite a library to go through. Cause I've got, you know, you know how it is. Like I've got notes in my phone mm-hmm. and stuff like that for all kinds of things. Um, I would say Project Bluebeam was one of the most fun to research. And that's talk one about. I'm not I'm not familiar with. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so Project Bluebeam was uh this cat named Serge Manast uh basically wrote kind of like a manifesto and outlined a four-step process by which the new world order was going to take over the world. And it was things like, uh, what was it first? It was a alien invasion. Mm -hmm. And then at one point they're going to project uh, an image of every major religions, God into the sky and have them have that projection. Tell those people to follow the new, new world order by whatever name it goes by. They're going to simulate massive, Worldwide earthquakes that reveal things that shake religion, so that then the new world order can crush religion and take it over, and they're going to have fake alien invasions, and all this stuff, basically just for the new world order and or the antichrist to come onto Earth and just kind of go, yep, yeah, this is our shit now. Thanks, guys. But it was—it's just <laughs> so out there, like, but it's, it's—it's out there, but it's not. Inconceivably, really yeah. got into it, and you, yeah, it, it's not, it's not like mind-blowing ridiculous to me. Whereas it might, it might have it probably, it today. might have
2: probably seemed like it two years ago, but after the last two years, anything
0: goes.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, they're out
0: here putting five G chips in people's asses and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't question anything any longer. But yeah, that that one was. I had a lot of fun with that one. Um I had a lot of fun with Skinwalker Ranch, but that was mostly just because of the TV show. I went off on a good rant on that episode about a couple of the characters on that show. Um, I would say the most interesting one for me and for him was our first true crime.
3: Was it the first one? When we did the West Memphis Three. That wasn't the first one. Was it not? No. Satanic serial killers was the first one. Okay. Well, the West Memphis Three was by far... like that. That's our first, as far as my involvement in the show that's our
0: only multi-part episode and for somebody who's not as into true crime as i am like phil this man didn't know anything about the west memphis three and when i told him about it and he started to research it he went more balls deep into this and got more emotionally involved with these these dudes cases than i was and i when that happened i i you know I was just like, "Fuck yeah, man! Let's get excited about this one."
3: Oh yeah, it was, I mean, we <laughs> what did over seven hours worth of, yeah, total probably total seven hours worth of. Plus, well, I think we did a Patreon parts. too in three parts.
0: It got to the point where I came in for the third episode, and we had been talking about it might run to four. And when I came into his house, he looked at me. He said, "We got to get the shit done. I can't, I can't have this one on my mind anymore." <laughs> I think, I think Phil was getting.
3: Emotionally hurt by it, what happened yeah. to these young men. Well,
0: they're not young men anymore.
3: But. It just over, the emotion and what they went through. It just overcame me. I was like, "There's oh, so much bullshit."
0: Oh. Like, I don't know if you know anything about the case, but it was just there's just actually, a resounding pile of horseshit.
2: We did uh we did a, a a long episode on it, and as a matter of fact, I actually mm-hmm. had Damian eccles set for an interview, and he ended up backing out the the day before the interview. So. Um, really yeah i'm I'm really really well versed on the uh, west memphis yeah. three and it, matter of fact we were when we just went to texas we went through west memphis and i made sure i took a picture of the sign saying now entering west memphis just because of that and yeah. then i got to go through texarkana too so i got to uh, go through two places with uh some good uh history when it comes to killers
0: yeah and i think um like phil got into it because you, he started looking at it from the standpoint of you knew those kids in high school. You know what I'm saying? I very mm-hmm. easily could have been Damian Nichols. and I was. Yeah, you know the that one th- minus the murder charges.
3: Obviously, I mean, the only thing, the difference between me and Damian is this: I went to football and played sports, and that kept me kind of out of going down that I don't want to say lunar path, but that path where. You don't know where you belong, and because I mean hardships in life, very similar, you know. So, and I, I that's why it probably got me so emotional about it because I saw a lot of me in him, and I could have very and easily been just like him and possibly end up in the same boat as him, yeah. and spending what eighteen years behind bars.
0: Yeah. Whereas, like I, I, I had I, I had sports in my past and everything like that, but personally, uh, as far as public perception of my peers and teachers and stuff like that. I was in the same boat. I was the weird kid that had, you know, hair past my shoulders and wore motorhead t-shirts and combat boots that everybody thought was weird as shit all the time. I mean, they still do, but you know,
3: but the beautiful thing about that case is whether you think they did it or they didn't do it, there's something there for everybody, you know, and you can still take away you should be able to take away from that story no matter which way you go or which way you lean in it. It's a touching story either way. It's tragic on every possible level imaginable. Yeah,
0: because I remember one of our biggest things was at the beginning, it was throughout that whole trilogy, if you will, one of our biggest things was I always thought, I, I, I will still say to this day that Cherry Driver is an absolute moron and a flaming pile of donkey shit when it comes to gathering evidence against somebody. But we made sure to also talk about the fact that at the center of this, the worst part for me, yeah, they got wrong. They may have got wrongfully accused, but the worst part for me was let's not forget about the three kids. That's, yeah. you know, I yeah, kept that's... making it a point to come back to that and not lose that within the story. That was the biggest mistake that I made when
2: we, when I started researching for that episode. Is I made the mistake of looking at the photos of the kids, you know, mm-hmm. that they had taken down on the creek, and it's just like that. I couldn't get that out of my mind after seeing it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why I warned him about that when I I told him to watch uh, Paradise Lost, and I, and I was it. like, dude, be ready for that. Those opening credit scenes because they are instantly going to smack you in the face with
3: some shit. That you probably don't want to see, and you know, you even knowing about it, him telling you, it, you're still not prepared for that. When you actually see those opening cuts, you're like, "What in the hell did I just?" Part? Yeah, because I mean, they, they didn't they didn't hold back it, with those pictures.
2: I'm surprised that the families uh, no. allowed them to use those pictures.
0: Right, but I mean, it, it's shocking as it was, man. It that that brought a lot of a lot of eyes onto it whether good or bad depending on who was involved in the film films right yeah
2: yeah because there was two of them i think i
0: think there's three three what's there three is there three now yeah, yeah. oh yeah uh, because I, yeah. you're
2: right because they put the there the two the two came out long ago and then the the other one was you're like right. an update after the fact so
3: when, right mm-hmm.
2: So, Phil, what is uh, what's the one episode or one topic that, that stands out for you, other than uh, the West Memphis
3: Three one? Um, ah, wow. I would uh, have to. Oh, that's so hard.
0: I know, right? And you've done way more episodes I know, than I'm I have. Trying to
3: think back on some of the yeah. older ones, but I. So while you're thinking the... on that.
2: I'll chime in oh, with really? something else. Cause actually uh, I was, going to should have said this a while ago, but Jason Baldwin is actually one of my Facebook friends right now.
3: Oh, really? Really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd actually have to say this. Uh, you probably never heard of the asset. I did an interview with uh, Keith. Oh shit. I can't say his name now. Uh, he was uh, from ghosts. Keith. I want to say lender. Oh, shoot. I have his book in there. He was on. Okay. Ghost yeah.
2: Yeah. Keith, Keith. Yeah, lender.
3: Uh, Keith Lander, yes. I interviewed him twice. Uh, yeah, two different times. And that's that really opened my eyes to the paranormal celebrity world and how they treated him, watching that episode and talking to him. Whether or not it just... it was like, wow, these people... These shows aren't what they say they are. And they... And I actually kind of realized they can not into be not into video that much. You can shape a story through just how you cut things, how you edit things and telling the story. And you could have two entirely different stories or make it seem like there wasn't anything there when there might've been something there. And just the fact that they did not, you know, they always bragged about locking down and being there all night. They were only there, if I remember correctly, for like three hours. Yeah, it's and only a couple hours on that front. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. Of course you're not going to get anything. I've been to places where I've been eight hours and not got anything. Got something the ninth hour. I was like, and then to bring him through the coals like they did. Matter of fact, the first time, the second time I had him on is after they did the uh, uh, review of it. They where they watch, yeah. they watch it and talk about it again. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I called him up or I sent him an email, and said, hey, you want to come back on and talk about this again? But it's just his passion for it and you know he's and what he went through and then even not backing down bringing in the other you know people to investigate who did you know back him up and actually stayed there for weeks i think five six days at a time you know and you know got some good evidence it just kind of opened my i always knew zach was a little uh the the yeah well the reality paranormal shows aren't based on it's about entertainment not about getting to the truth or finding or even it's not about the evidence it's about just getting views and selling ad spots that's that's why i like that episode the book because that opened my eyes
0: yeah one of your coolest stories is uh
3: the uh exorcist oh when i interviewed the demon
0: The the demonologist. I I did interview a demonologist. Yeah, your story, like what, what, whatever it was with the audio Uh, interference.
3: Yeah, that we. That's the coolest
0: story. I wish I was around for that because that story, even if it's explainable by technological mishap,
3: that story is cool as shit. I interviewed. Uh, he wasn't a priest, but he was a demonologist. He was an exorcist, and uh, I was a. I interviewed him for like two hours, and I broke it into two episodes. But during the editing process there were some good EVPs that I actually had to call them up and say, Hey, were are your kids in the room. Was your wife there? Cause there was some, I don't want to say you could, it seemed dark or I hate to use the word evil, but there malevolent. was, yes, there was something on my audio recorded from that interview that I just couldn't explain. And it was weird. And, you know, and, given the subject matter that we were talking about, exorcisms and demons and, you know, satanic <laughs> right. rituals and all that stuff, it it made it that much. Now, being that we were talking about like that, that I could be reading into it and hearing things, but it just made it weird. It was one of those, I've never had to call, a, you know, interview E back and say, what the hell is this about? Yeah. You know, so that was an interesting one for me. Yeah. He was
0: on TV too, wasn't he?
3: I don't well I don't, maybe.
0: I don't oh know. no, those those way before I came on.
2: I was trying to think of all the demonologists and stuff I know. I know uh James, and of course Bishop Long. Uh they're the only two to come to mind straight off the bat.
0: So uh, well technically see. now you know Phil too.
3: <laughs> He's got a well, certificate. Go. Yeah. Well that was just well, for an episode I wanted to research.
2: <laughs> all right guys it has been an absolute blast having you on tell everybody how they can keep up with the show on social media and, and uh, how they can tune into you
0: um what's the twitter night uh, underscore ghosts yeah twitter night underscore Ghosts. uh ghost underscore night underscore podcast on instagram uh gitn dot podcast on twitter or tiktok uh we're on facebook just search ghost of the night
3: um and YouTube. Just yeah, YouTube,
0: Ghosts of the Night. We're pretty much on every streaming app that I know of, plus a shitload that I didn't didn't know existed either.
3: Yeah, but Instagram's really the best way to uh Yeah, Instagram's the most us. direct
0: way if interact. you're trying to get a hold of us or communicate or anything like that. Uh just because I'm on Instagram all the time. So that's the best outlet to get a hold of us and, and actually speak TikTok with one of us. Time, so it doesn't matter.
3: What's that? I'm on TikTok all the time, but that's yeah. feels
0: feels addicted to TikTok that's for though. a whole different reason. <laughs> trying to learn those new trends.
3: <laughs> yes,
0: God, that's what I'm trying to do. I fucking suck at it.
2: Well, guys, it's been a blast having you on. Uh, everybody, we tell everybody go listen to Ghosts in the Night and leave them a five star review and tell them you heard about them on Hillbilly Horror Stories. Thanks, guys, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you in the future.
3: Thanks Thank for you. having us.
2: All right, guys, so that was the guys in uh, Ghost in the Night podcast. I will tell you, ahead of time, I probably should have said this in the beginning, but if you tune in, uh, they do have some language, so they're not as family-friendly as we are. So just be aware. (laughs) I don't want there to be any surprises. Yeah. But anyways, we appreciate you guys so much, more than you will ever know. Thank you for everything you do for us.
1: Absolutely. You guys are amazing, and I hope you all have a blessed week.